chapter 2. And we're going to just look at verse number 8 through 10. We're going to complete this chapter or this setting or this theme of the mid-portion of this chapter from 8 to 10. In Ephesians chapter 2, if you got it, say, I got it. Ephesians 2, and I'm going to begin to read at verse number 8. And then we'll conclude in verse number 10. And it reads, for by grace, everybody say grace. You have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift. Not from works so that no one can boast. For we are his creation created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight. And we pray, God, that you would move by your power and your anointing, God. Father, I pray, God, that our hearts are sensitive, that we're vulnerable right here in your presence. And, God, that you would show up on our behalves. And, Father, that you would extend grace to all of us. It's by grace that we're saved. It's by grace that we're alive. It's by your grace that we're here tonight, oh, God. It's not in and of ourselves, but it's your grace that we even have the air that we breathe. And Father, I pray that you would move by your power, by your anointing, and your Holy Spirit. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. The title of my message, real quick, is God's grace. God's grace. And I'm going to read it again. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Grace. Today I'm going to talk to you, like I said, about God's grace. And there's an acronym that's well known. If you were to even Google it, it would come up different acronyms for the word grace. And the one that I like the most that's well known within the Christian circles is the acronym of grace. To break that word down is God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. It doesn't matter the lifestyles that we come from. It doesn't matter our age, our ethnicity. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks we were grow, we grew up on. It doesn't matter what state, what neighborhood, the color of our skin, whether we were in a single parent home or both parents or no parents or foster parents. None of that matters because ultimately we are here tonight because of the grace of God and nothing else. We're alive. We're in our right minds. Many of us, I don't know about you, but I could reflect upon my life and I know that there were many occasions throughout my life growing up that I shouldn't be alive no more. There's things that have taken place throughout my life growing up because of the predicament that I put myself in that many times I know without a doubt now that I'm saved that it was only the grace of God that has kept me alive and it's only the grace of God that's going to keep me going forward. God's grace, and you can attest to that too, many of you. Many of you can say, you know what, man, if it wasn't for the grace of God, I would not be alive. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I wouldn't have the individual that's sitting next to me tonight. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I wouldn't have my kids, my right mind. I wouldn't have the liberty, the freedom that I have tonight. It is because of the grace of God. It's the grace of God, not of ourselves. We're not self-made. How many can say praise the Lord? 
See, the Bible says we're saved by grace. The only way to get to heaven is through the doorway of grace. If you're going to get to heaven, that's the only way you're going to get there. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You can't buy it. It's only because of the grace of God. No one earns their salvation. No one works their way into heaven. We are all simply saved by God's grace. Not only are we saved by God's grace, but the Bible tells us that we are forgiven by God's grace. How many of you guys thank God that God forgave us? There's many times that it takes years, perhaps, for us to forgive ourselves. Because many times, like I said on Sunday, if we've seen our lives and the things that we've done in the past, and we reflect on that, and everybody, we're able to see the things that we've been through, and the people that we hurt, and the things that we've done, we would begin to run out of this place all at one time. But oh, glory to God. God has forgiven us. God has extended his grace. And God has blood washed us. And because of that, we're able to come and worship him. It's only because of the grace of God. Sometimes, uh, sometimes it's hard for us to forgive ourselves. Sometimes it's like, man, you know what? I've blown it again. Like, man, I, I went back to my vomit. I, 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 I got caught up all over again. I find myself doing the same thing over and over again. But I'm guess, guess what? I'm here to tell you tonight that no matter what, the grace of God can reach you right where you're at here tonight. Because God's grace is long enough. He can reach you right where you're at tonight. So we're not only saved by grace, but we're forgiven by God's grace. In 1 John chapter 1, verse number 9, it reads, If we confess our sins... He is faithful. Everybody say faithful. He is faithful. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Notice that this verse puts an emphasis on God. If we confess our sins, God is faithful. God is just. God will forgive our sins. God will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I like the way that, that God's word translation says or or reads this verse it reads in the god the god's word translation it reads like this god is faithful and reliable if we confess our sins he forgives them and cleanses us from everything we've done wrong how many guys know that the god that we serve is not only faithful but he's reliable how many guys thank God that, that God is, is able to forgive us for everything that we've done wrong? All of us have done wrong. Who done wrong this last week? Raise your hand. Who's done wrong this last year? Who's done wrong even today? Amen, somebody. We've done wrong, but glory to God. The grace of God will reach us every time we cry out to God. All we got to do is confess our sins. God is faithful. He's reliable. See, sometimes we as individuals, we're not too reliable. We're not too faithful. Sometimes we're not too reliable in the workplace. Sometimes we're not even too reliable in our own families, in the church, in community, in our society. Oh, but God is faithful. God is reliable. God is just. God is love. And he is full of grace. And he'll reach us every time. Why does God forgive us though? Because God is gracious. That's why. It's in his nature to forgive. 
But that's not all. It's by God's grace that we're sustained. You know, if you're going to make it throughout this year or even the rest of your lives, if you're going to say, you know what, man, I'm going to defy the odds. The odds are against me. They say once a convict, always a convict. They say once a gang member, always a gang member. Once a drug addict, always a drug addict. Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Once a deadbeat dad or mother, always a deadbeat. But I'm here to tell you that God is able to sustain you, not only deliver you and set you free, but he can break that generational curse as well tonight. Some of us, we come from generational curses. Well, we say, okay, well, my great-grandmother was this, and my great-grandfather was an alcoholic. So my, my, my grandfather was an alcoholic, my father was an alcoholic, my deals were alcoholics. Guess what? I guess I'm going to be an alcoholic. No, my friend, you can break that generational curse. All you got to do is cry out to God, and the grace of God will reach you every time. We don't have to be in bondage to a vice or a substance no more. Because not only is God able to forgive us and save us, but he's as well able to sustain us. He's able to keep us. In Philippians 1.6, it says, I am sure of this, that he who started, thank God that he started a good work. But I'm even more grateful that it says in you, he will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He'll complete it. All we got to do is say, God, I need you. I need you. And this is a, a, a slogan that I use periodically. But, it's, you know, I don't know about you, but this is personal to me. I, I need God more today than I did yesterday. I need God more in 2012 than I did in 2011. I'm going to need God more throughout this year than I did all of last year or even the last 20 years of saving him. I need God more today than I've ever needed him before. But guess what? He will show up and he'll sustain us every time we cry out to him. God will keep working in your life until he completes his work in you. He will not leave you or forsake you. He'll stick by you through thick or thin. He's not like a lot of people in the neighborhood. I'll always be here. I'll never run out on you. I'll back you up. Uh, man, I'm down. I'll ride or die. Right? Ride or die. I'll take one for the neighborhood. Right? The, a girl jumps out of the car and the, the fellas begin to run. Amen, somebody. God's not like that. He'll stick closer to us than a brother. He'll never run out on us. He'll never give up on us. He'll never forsake us. He will always be there. He's constant. You can count on him. He's reliable. He's dependable. And he'll always be there for us. But then the Bible also teaches us that we are healed by God's grace. How many of you guys thank God for God's healing? Not only a physical healing. A lot of times we think, like my mother, she got healed. She got a brand new liver. Amen, somebody. Right? She's healed and she's building up her strength. And uh, I know she got scared uh, two days ago. I took her for her checkup. And, you know, she's like, oh, I only weigh 139 pounds. I'm like, okay, I've never seen you this skinny in your life. I'm like, you got to eat. You got to eat. She's like, well, I weigh 139, thinking she's all healthy, 139, right? I was like, mom, you're losing weight, but you're sickly, sickly, skinny. Not like, okay, I lost weight because I'm exercising. Not because, oh, I lost weight because I'm watching what I eat. No, you're losing weight because you're not eating at all. So we go to the dog. I'm putting her business out, but it's all right. What can she do? She can't run, so she can't catch me. Amen, somebody? 
So I take her to the doctors and you know what her doctor says? The doctor looks at her and says, you need to eat. If you don't eat, you are going to die. Straight out. And her eyes start getting watery. She gets all emotional. And she was like, well, it's hard to eat. It was like, make yourself eat. Make yourself eat. Because the thing is, when they get new livers, they got to take all these anti-rejection medicines. And if you take these medicines and you're taking these medicines and you don't have no nutrition in your body, eventually it eats at you. And before you know it, it'll kill you. All those medications will kill you if you're not healthy, if you don't have the proper vitamins and nutritions going through your body. And I'm here to tell you that she got healed. I like what the doctor said. The doctor said you're, uh, you have a responsibility to yourself, to your family, but also to the donor. And how many guys know that as individuals, God has healed us. By his stripes, we are healed. We're no longer lost and bound and on our way to hell because God has sent his son to interrupt our miserable lives. And we've been healed, but we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to God, to ourselves, our family, as well as the blood of Jesus that was shed for you and I. That we don't have to live like we once did. We've been healed. How many can say praise the Lord? We've been healed. We've been healed. The Bible teaches us that we've been healed by God's grace. He heals our broken hearts and binds up our wounds. In the book of Psalms 147, verse number 3, it says that God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. It doesn't matter your upbringing. Many of us have many pains and sorrows. And things that have taken place throughout our lives that we are ashamed of. But guess what? God is able to heal that broken heart. God is able to heal what has taken place in the past. God is able if we cry out and depend upon him because he's reliable. He heals the broken heart and he binds up their wounds. Let them bind that wound up already. Enough. Yeah, already. Let that healing take place in your life. Not only a physical healing, a spiritual healing, an emotional healing. Let God heal you tonight. Don't waste the blood of Christ. Don't waste the blood of Christ. Don't waste everything that Christ did at the cross for us. He died that we could live. We don't have to exist no more and just live throughout life like we're lost and bound with no direction and hope. We have hope and it's Jesus Christ. We have the grace of God that is able to sustain us and keep us because who he is. God heals the broken heart and he binds up the wounds. God takes that which is bent and he straightens it out. He takes that which is shattered to pieces and he puts it back together. He takes that which is broken and he fixes it. God is in the healing business and he heals us by his grace. In the process of healing us, God restores us. I like what David prayed in the book of Psalms 51. Verse number 10 through 12, it reads, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast away or cast me away from your presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. 
and uphold me by your generous spirit. See, when we fall in, how many guys ever fell before? Right? Spiritually speaking, I know when I first got saved, it was rough. I kept going back and forth to L.A. I kept falling and going back to my vomit, going back to my neighborhood, going back to the same thing all over again. I, I kept falling. But one day I, I, I said, you know what, man, I'm done with this. God, I don't want to live like this no more. I don't want to end up back in prison again, God. God, I, I've heard about your grace. I've heard about your power. God, if you're real, God, do something in my life. God, if you could save me, if you could deliver me, if you could heal me, if you have enough grace to reach me, then God, guess what? I belong to you now. When I prayed that prayer, I was serious. I was tired of just spiraling downhill. I was tired of being a toilet seat individual. I was up one day and down the next. I was up the next year and down the next. I was up and I was down and I was all around. And I was tired of living my life like that. It wasn't even living. I was just existing from day to day. But one day I cried out to God and I did with every fiber in my being. And I said, God, if you are real and you can't do something, God, you do whatever you please. I surrender this life to you. Actually, you bought it with the blood of your son. It belongs to you, God. I'm here to tell you that I'm approaching 20 years this year of serving God, not going back to prison, not going back to no drug, not going to some other bed that I don't belong in, not going back to no alcohol, no drug, no tobacco, not going back out there to the world, my neighborhood, not going back to the vomit, not going back to the thing that I despise the most. I remember the misery, uh, the misery. I remember the pain. I remember the suffering. I remember having no dignity, no self-respect for myself, for my family, or anybody else. I remember when nobody was around and I was looking on the floor for drugs. I remember going out there looking for somebody to hurt so I could get high. I remember that miserable state of mind that I was in where I didn't even want to live no more. I remember I wanted to just die. I didn't care about nobody, my family, myself, or anybody else. But I thank God that at that moment, Jesus knew that it was my time. And he called my number. And he saved me. And he delivered me. And that was the best thing that can ever happen to me. I remember that miserable state of mind. Like it was yesterday. I remember falling. But guess what? When we fall, God picks us back up. When we lose the joy of our salvation, only God can restore us. God's grace is amazing. We're pulled from darkness and brought into light by God's amazing grace. We're forgiven and made clean by God's amazing grace. We're given the strength to make it every day by God's amazing grace. We're healed of our brokenness by God's amazing grace. We're right with God here tonight because of God's amazing grace. Come on, somebody get excited for the grace of God. You see, God's grace is his action toward us. It's action towards us even though we don't deserve it. No wonder that song John Newton sang many, many, many years ago, Amazing Grace. 
How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. See, the enemy had me for a moment. And it's a saying that I came up with many, many years ago, and I'll continue to say it to the day that I die. The devil should have took me out when he had a chance. He should have took me out because now I know better. Now I know that I choose victory or defeat. And now I know that I'm fighting from victory. I'm no longer defeated. I'm no longer lost and bound. I'm no longer enslaved to sin. I'm no longer shackled by my past. I've been delivered. I can see now I'm no longer blind. God's grace is amazing. And tonight there may be some of you that are sitting here wondering, how do I receive that, that amazing grace? In the book of John, chapter 1, verse number 17, it reads, the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. See, Jesus Christ is the source of grace. If you don't get it through Christ, you don't get it at all. Grace comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you have a relationship with Jesus, there's a few things that happen. Number one is your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. In the book of Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 27 as well as 28, it reads, It is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly wait for him. He will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. But why is that? Because Jesus paid the penalty for your sin. He's paid the penalty. There's no sin too gross that God's grace can't find you. There's no sin that is too, you know, too big for the big God that we serve. There's no sin that is, you know, too shameful that the grace of God can't find you. You may say, but pastor, you don't know the things that I've done in my past. And I don't, but you don't know the things that I've done in my past either. But guess what? Jesus and God knows what we've done in our past. And he, the Bible says that he loved us while we were yet still sinners. So how much more does he love us now that we're heirs to his throne? His grace will find you. He loves you. It doesn't matter what the person next to you may tell you when they're mad at you. It doesn't matter what parents perhaps told you not knowing any better when you were growing up. It doesn't matter what your school teacher, what the parole officer, what your neighbors perhaps think about you. Because no matter what you've done, where you come from, your age or anything for that matter, God loves you. And that's all that really matters is God loves you here tonight. Your sins are forgiven. Whoever played Monopoly before? Anybody? Who's good at it? Anybody good? You think, oh, I'm, man, I'm, you don't want to play me, Pastor. I'm like, I'm good. I will bankrupt you. Amen? I'll take your house. I'll have you out there trying to hustle to pay your rent. Amen? Do you remember sometimes you end up uh, in jail, right? You end up in jail, right? Who's ever, I'm, I'm talking about on the game now, right? Who's been to jail, right? <laughs> and it says, do not pass gold, do not collect $200. But 
But in that game, sometimes you would draw a get-out-of-jail-free card. See, that's what grace is like. That's what grace is like. We, we, we deserve eternal damnation. We deserve to, to be, you know, uh, uh, doomed for eternity. We deserve to, you know, to, to, to not even be alive tonight. Think about it. Some of us, the things that we've done, you know, the things that we've taken, the pills that we perhaps popped, the stuff that we've snorted, the stuff that we drank, the stuff that we smoked and ejected, injected inside of us. How many of you guys know that we shouldn't even be in our right minds tonight? Come on, or was it just me? Right? That stuff, now I, ain't, I ain't done none of that stuff in almost 20 years, but that stuff nowadays will jack you up. Uh, you, you jack you up. I'm literally. You, you can take something, snort something, smoke something, pop something, and you will never be the same again. Right? You ever see somebody that just stares? Or you ever see somebody that's just there and, you know, they're just talking to themselves. You think they got one of those earpieces in, but they don't. You're like, man, let me see the other side. They got to have something over there. They're talking to somebody. Yeah, themselves. Amen. Their imaginary friend. Right. You ever see that? That's, you know, how many guys ever we, we've done that? Some of us. Right. And it's the grace of God, that grace card, that get out of jail free card. And because of that, we're still alive and we're still kicking and we're in our right minds. And we should give the Lord some praise because of that tonight. There are things in our lives that we've messed up. Amen, somebody. There's things in our lives that we've done that we're not proud of. Amen, somebody. There are things which you have done that you should be punished for. But God has a way for you to be pardoned. He has a way for you to be forgiven. Jesus Christ is ready and willing to pay for your sins. He's ready and willing. He's knocking at your door here tonight. In fact, he has already done that for our sins. He's forgiven us. All we've got to do is cry out. He's already died so we can live. He went to the cross. He went there. For the sins which you and I have committed. All I need to do is accept the fact that my sins have been paid, have been paid for because of what Jesus done at the cross. I've been blood washed. See, someone had to pay for those sins. Either you or somebody else. But guess what? Someone did. Jesus paid the penalty for your sin. And because of this fact, you can be forgiven. Another thing that happens when you have a relationship with Christ is there's a purpose for living. A purpose for living. In 1 John, turn there quickly. We're going to be done quick. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 2. It says, Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. See, God is in the life-changing business. See, there's a when you really get saved and you really uh, accept the, the forgiveness of your sins, do you know what happens? It's, it's a metamorphosis. And, you know, that sounds like a deep word, but a metamorphosis, basically what it is, it's like a cocoon that turns into a butterfly. And when you accept Christ into your life and you acknowledge your wrongdoing, that you're a sinner and you need the grace of God, there's a metamorphosis that takes place. 
You go from a dirty, no good for nothing. Yes, that's what we all are without the grace of God. And we go from that to an heir to the throne, to a child of the Most High God. We have that metamorphosis that takes place in our lives. And butterflies, most of them are beautiful, right? Right? They're beautiful. You know, don't, don't try to be all hard. No. You know, don't try. No, they're ugly. They're, you know, guys want to be all macho. No, there's nothing's beautiful in this life. Only my old lady. No, this. Everything else is ugly. No, butterflies are beautiful. Guess what? In the eyes of God, I don't care what you think, anybody else thinks, your parents thought, you are beautiful here tonight because there's that metamorphosis and you're no longer in that cocoon no more. You're no longer in bondage no more. You're no longer doomed in for eternal damnation no more. There's a metamorphosis that is taking place and you're beautiful from the inside and it begins to reflect on the outside and now you're able to soar and you're able to be beautiful in the eyes of God. There's a purpose for our living though. God is in the, the life changing business. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. Do you know what that purpose is? It's found in the verse that we just read. The purpose is that you could be molded and made into the image of Christ. And sometimes when we're, we're, after we get saved, we're like, man, why is it hurt so much to serve God? Why, why do I, why is there this pain? Why do I got to go through this? Well, guess what, beloved, is, is God is chiseling all that ugly stuff out of us. God is carving us and he's cutting us. And he's taking all that ugliness, all that sin out of our lives. And he's beginning to mold us into the shape and the image of his son, Jesus Christ. And we're no longer what we used to be. We're no longer look and talk and walk and act and dress and even carry ourselves like we used to be. We are men of integrity and women with character. We are men and women of God where we can keep our heads up and our shoulders back and a pep in our step because we know we're not what we used to be. Just because we come from the hood don't mean we have to still carry ourselves like we're hood. Right? I don't like using slang behind the pulpit, but let me just, you know, can I break it down just a little bit? Just because we come from the ghetto don't mean we have to still be ghetto, right? Right? We don't have to, you know, act like that and uh, mean mugging everybody, you know, just uh, walking in the church, mad dog and everything. No, 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 no. This is not the prison yard. Come on. This is not your neighborhood. This is not even your house. Oh, this is the house of the Most High God. And we got to recognize that here tonight that we had that metamorphosis. We've been changed into the image of God. We're not what we used to be. Man, we can purchase houses, right? Come on, how many of you guys believe that? Some of you guys have purchased houses. You can drive a nice car. You don't need the Victory Outreach bumper sticker to hold it together. Right? Right? You know, you, you can get some, you know, some nice kicks and, you know, you, you can do some things nowadays. Right? Because we're children of the Most High God. Just because we came from the ghetto. We don't forget where we came from. But we know we are headed to a new place. And that's heaven one day. Oh, glory to God. We're no longer what we used to be because of that metamorphosis that's taking place. And you may say, well, you know, what's taking, it's taking longer than I thought. What's going to take time? 
Some of us, you know, we, we've been indoctrinated by so much stuff over the years. Some of us, you know, we're like that old dog that, that doesn't want to learn a new trick. Not that it can't learn a new trick. It just refuses. I don't want to learn. If you can hear what the dog is telling you, I'm not going to learn. You can give me a steak. I'm still not. I'll eat the steak. I'll do it one time and I'm going back to my old way. I, I'm not going to learn. Refuse to learn. That's just like some of us, you know, we, we're growing old, but we refuse to grow up. Right? We're growing old. You can dye your hair all you want. You're still, I don't care, you're growing old. You can wear all the makeup you want. You're still getting old. Right? You, you can work out all you want. Guess what? Your body still may be in shape. Oh, but you're, 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 I ain't gonna even say it. Amen. <laughs> I'm not going to We all getting old, right? We're getting old. I, it just, you know, it, it just, you got a Russian haircut tonight, amen? You got a Russian, you know what a Russian haircut? Your hair is rushing to the back, amen, somebody. <laughs> it's just, we're getting old, amen? We're getting old. Some of you need to stop doing lineups, I'm telling you, because the line is getting further and further and further. You're, you're out of bounds already. Amen, somebody? <laughs> All right. All right. Let's continue. Amen. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 16. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. That's our purpose. We're to grow spiritually in order that we can encourage others to grow spiritually. That's his purpose for your life. What you do here on earth can have an eternal impact. Your sins have been forgiven. You've been given a purpose for living. And lastly, I kind of mentioned it a minute ago, is, is that uh, you have a relationship with Christ. But the last thing is there's a home waiting for you in heaven. In Isaiah 25, verse number 8 and 9. It says, he will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. The rebuke of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken, and it will be said in that day, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. See, I love to talk about heaven. I can't even imagine what heaven will be like, but the Bible tells us just a little bit. Can you imagine a place where there'll be no more pain? No more pain. No more pain. No more sorrow. No more hurting. No more crying. That's what heaven will be like. That which is broken will be fixed, including me and you. God has given us an amazing gift, his grace. It's worth more than I could ever earn in a lifetime. So how can I show God that I'm thankful for what he has given me? Real quick, and then we're going to close. How can we show God that we're thankful for the gift of grace that he's given us? How can we show our gratitude? Well, the first thing is we can become more gracious ourselves. How do I do that? By following the example of Christ. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, By this we know love, because he laid his life down for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. See, Christ laid his life down for us. 
We're to lay down our life for others. We need to help them. We need to forgive them. We need to extend grace to them as well. In spite of what they've done, in spite of what they're caught up in, we still have to be the, the hands and the feet and the mouth for the Lord Jesus Christ. Corey Ten Boom spent years, true story, in a Nazi prison camp. Many times guards would come in and they would beat her as well as her sister. She said one man's face stood out in her mind. Years later, she was speaking in a church when, uh, when this individual, that man, that individual walked in. She would know him and his face stood out and would stand out from anyone. But terror gripped her soul along with the flood of hateful emotions. After the service, he approached her and said, I've been saved and I've been looking for you all over the place. And I want to ask that you would forgive me for what I've done. She later wrote, right then I had to learn that forgiveness is a choice. Grace. We have to be individuals that because we've been forgiven much, we love it much. Because, you know, we're, we have to forgive in order to be forgiven. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? We need to be gracious. We need to be forgiving because our Savior was and is to all of us here tonight. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 32, it says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted. Forgiving one another just as God in Christ forgave you. God has forgiven me so much that I can sing amazing grace. How sweet the sound that, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. Because he's so gracious, I should be gracious as well. Another thing is, is I can make my life count. How many guys want your life to count? Don't worry, I'm done already. But you really, really want your life to count. We have one life to live and it's up to us. The decisions we make today will impact our tomorrow. The decisions that you make tonight will impact your tomorrow. Many of you come and you're at a crossroad and you have to decide tonight. You know what? I heard what this guy is saying. I, I hear what he's saying, but are you really listening to me? Are you listening to the voice behind the voice? Are you listening to the voice of God that is speaking through me? Because I'm telling you that the decision you make tonight is going to impact your future. God has forgiven us for so much. But we need to make our lives count. How do we do that? By using the gifts and talents that God has given us to help others. The gifts and talents God has given me are not just for my benefits but for the benefit of others also. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 10, it says, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The abilities, the talents, the opportunities, the education, the freedom, the relationships, all these things that you have that bless your life were not given just to be squandered in self-indulgence. They were given to you for a purpose. And Philippians 2.4, it reads, Let each one of you look out not only for his own interests, but also the interests of others. 
If you truly understand the grace of God, you can't just keep looking out for your own interests. There are people out there that need to hear that there is forgiveness. And that brings us to the last thing. I can share the good news about God's grace. If someone was willing to give you a second chance, wouldn't you want to know about it? If someone was willing to forgive you, wouldn't you want to hear about it? If somebody loved you so much that they were willing to die for you, wouldn't you want to be told? Of course, all of us would. But how would they hear unless someone tells them? Why don't we all stand? Grace. God's grace. God's grace. That's what all of us need every day of our lives. The grace of God. God's grace. God's grace. Your sins are forgiven. There's a purpose for living. And there's a home waiting for you in heaven. See, beloved, I, I'm telling you. God changed my life. There was a metamorphosis that's taking place in my life. He loved me. Even when I didn't love myself. He forgave me even when I couldn't forgive myself. He gave me life even when I didn't want it. He set me free when I was in shackles. I was in bondage to a vice, a substance, a lifestyle because of His grace. There was a metamorphosis that's taking place in my life and I'm still changing. I haven't arrived, though I've started 20 years of being saved. I haven't arrived. I'm not there yet. God is still working on me. He's still molding me and shaping me into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. I'm not a finished product. You're not either. But God's grace is here tonight. He loves you. Think about how much you love your kids if you have them or your grandkids if you have them. Think about how much you love your parent, your spouse, your very life. That's not even scratching the surface to the love that he has for you. Loves you. You may say, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know my past. You don't know my present. You don't know the people that I've hurt. You don't know the things that I've been through. And I don't. But he does, and in spite of all that, he still loves you. He loves you. We, we can't explain it. We can't fathom it. We can't understand it. We can't comprehend it. All I know is that it's real. Just like you, I've tried so many things throughout life. We've all tried so many different things to try to numb us. If you have, if you will, to the pains of life, to the pains of our past, to the, the current pains that many of us have to live with, the pains of our memories. And the world has so much to offer. If you pop one of these, take one of these, it'll take your pain away. If you drink a little bit of this, smoke a little bit of this, inject a little bit of this, it'll take your pain away. If you 
do a little bit of this and sleep with a few more. And if you do this, it'll take your pain away. And I'm here to tell you tonight that it's only half true. It may for just a few hours. It may just for a moment. But you still have to wake up the next day and face the music. It's just a temporary fix. And if you're here tonight, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, just real quick. If you're here tonight and you say, you know what, man, I've heard about this grace that you're preaching about. One time I was serving God and I fell from that grace. Or perhaps you've never served God. You've never asked the Lord to come into your heart. If you want to experience this grace that I've, that I've talked about just for a moment tonight, if you could just lift your hand, anybody in this place. I see that hand, I see that hand. You can go ahead and put them down. Any, anybody else? Listen to the voice behind the voice. Anybody else want to experience that grace tonight? Say, you know what, I, I just don't want to be this way no more. Any other hands going on? I see that hand, I see those hands. Now what I want you to do tonight, just quickly, is if you could just take a, a step of courage, of boldness, and and just come out of your seat and just stand right here. I just want to pray with you. Praise the Lord. Why don't we put our hands together for all these individuals. Amen. It is God's grace that we need. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Last call. Anybody else want to experience that grace? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, I just want to sign a surrenderance. If you could just lift up your hands. Just surrender. Just like I surrender, Lord. And just repeat this after me here tonight. Say, dear Jesus, I come before you here tonight in need of your grace I know that you died on the cross and that you were buried but you rose on that third day I need that same resurrection power to raise me here tonight I accept your grace I accept you as my Lord and Savior I need you Lord and I accept you. Help me from this day on to love you, to serve you, and to live for you. In the name of Jesus. Just stay in that atmosphere. Just keep praying unto the Lord here tonight. What about the rest of us that are in our, seat, our seats tonight, our chairs? If you want to experience that grace and you want to thank God for his grace as they begin to worship the Lord, these altars are open here tonight. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, we thank you here tonight, oh God. Father, we pray, God, that you would, God, cover every one of these individuals, God. Father, wrap them in your grace, your mercy, your love. Father, we know that we need you, God. It's only because of you. Father, many of us wouldn't be here tonight if it had not been for you. 
And Father, we're grateful, God. Father, we thank you tonight, God. We love you, God. Father, help us to serve you, God. Help us to live for you. Help us that we would love you all.